Welcome to the Irresistible You podcast. This is the place to get a dose of empowerment to create the life you crave and deserve. I'm your host, Amy Beltran, CEO and founder of Irresistible University. Through my signature online coaching program, I teach women just like you how to ditch the body image issues, gain confidence, and lose the emotional weight to look and feel irresistible at any size. If you like this podcast, you're going to love my group coaching program. If you would like to learn more about the program, including the investment, what's included, see client testimonials, and to sign up and enroll, please head over to irresistibleicing.com slash course. The link is also in the show notes. Welcome back to the Irresistible You podcast. If you are new here, hello. If you are an OG listener, thanks for coming back and listening. Um, Today, we are going to be talking about the concept of desperate dieting and what you should be focusing on instead. For those of you that are longtime listeners here, you know that Irresistible You comes with its own dictionary of terms and... um, concepts and things that we talk about here and desperate dieting is no different. So let's talk about what that is. Desperate dieting is what you do when you fall off the weight loss wagon and you feel like a total failure who is never going to lose her weight. So out of that feeling of desperation, that feeling of misery, you decide to go out and find a quick yo-yo diet, a quick fad diet that promises to get the weight off as quickly as possible by a certain date. How many times have you repeated that cycle? Desperate dieting is never going to give you the life that you're craving. Okay, The life that you crave is about more than just weight. The life that you crave is about so many other things that you're putting on hold, waiting for the weight. Not because of the weight, but because of what you have you have decided the weight means and you've allowed that to be a shield in your life to hold you back from what you want. So in this episode, I'm going to share with you what you need to do instead of desperate dieting if you want to get the weight off for the last time and you want to create the irresistible you version of yourself that you crave and deserve to be. So that is what we're talking about today and we're going to be diving all into all the things. So let's get started. All right, so first and foremost, I think what we need to do here is we need to break down the concept of desperate dieting and what that means in the first place. So desperate dieting, let me put it in this perspective. So there's another term here or concept that we talk about on the podcast, which is the yo-yo diet body hate shame cycle. And I want to talk about desperate dieting in the context of that cycle. So the way the body hate or the yo-yo diet diet, body, hate, shame cycle works. It goes like this. It's like, you know, you're, you're just, you're feeling so bad in your own skin. You don't like the way you look. You're feeling really fat. You're feeling really miserable. And so you go and find the quickest, like, diet that promises you these insane results. You're going to lose X number of pounds by this date. And all you have to do is eat grapefruit. (laughs) All you have to do is take this pill. All you have to do is X, Y, and Z, right? We all know that. We all know, we all know those diets. We've all done them. We've all tried all the things. And you get on this diet and you start following it. 
you start following it, you start, um, you know, losing some pounds, maybe your clothes start fitting better, and then something happens. Something happens, it doesn't have to be something traumatic, it doesn't even have to be anything dramatic. It's just like the girls ask you to go out to dinner tonight, or they ask you to go out to happy hour for drinks, or they're going to have a celebration after work. Something like that, that has taken you out of your little diet bubble, where you have told yourself, I'm only allowed to eat these things, I can't derail from this, I can't have alcohol, I can't have X, Y, and Z. Because you've chosen this diet plan that is not sustainable in the real world in your real life. You have chosen something out of pure desperation because you want to get the weight off as quickly as possible. Okay, that's like phase one of desperate dieting. So this event happens or maybe, you know, you find out some bad news and you go off your plan. Okay, and you start emotional eating or binge eating. So whatever it, whatever it whatever the catalyst is that pulls you off the diet, you're now back into the food, you are back into emotional eating, binge eating, and not only are you doing that, but you're deep into the guilt and the shame. The body shaming, the guilt for not being able to do this, and then what happens is here comes your friend, which is really not our friend. <laughs> here comes the inner fat bitch. And here is another term that we use. The inner fat bitch is that inner voice that tells you, you are a worthless piece of shit. And she is that voice who is telling you, I can't believe that you're such a failure. Here you go again. You can't ever lose the weight. Look at you. You're disgusting. Who did you even think you were in the first place that you could do this? And all of that inner dialogue starts, all of that guilt and that shame and just beating yourself up, not only for falling off the diet, but for how you look and for having this weight problem your entire life. Okay. So how long you sit in that, it, for everybody it's different. Sometimes you might sit in that for a couple days, a couple weeks. Sometimes we sit in it for a couple months. Some people are sitting in that for a couple of years, to be honest, okay? So at some point, as you're going through the guilt and the shame and that you're back in the emotional eating, you just find that you're disgusted. You can't do it anymore. This is so gross. I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way I feel. Something has to change, okay? And as you're thinking about what has to change, you're trying to figure out how you're going to do it. So what do you do? You go back to the drawing board, and you're on the search and the hunt and the desperate search for another diet, another quick fix, and because you didn't, and so this is where desperate dieting really, you know, comes into play is that because you didn't lose the weight originally that you promised yourself you would lose and you told yourself this was it, this was the last time, I'm never doing this again, I will get this, you know, this weight off by this date or by this event. And let's say it didn't happen. We see this a lot when um, we tell ourselves we're going to lose 50 pounds by our vacation. And then the vacation comes and we won't, oh, and I'm using air quotes, guys, we only lose 30 pounds or we only lose 20 pounds. 
And so now we don't feel like we deserve this vacation. We don't feel like we deserve to show up. We don't deserve to put the bathing suit on. We don't deserve to have fun because in our minds, we are this disgusting, like ugly, fat person who doesn't deserve to be there, who like that doesn't want to be seen, that is so embarrassed. And because you feel like you lost time, like you, you feel like you, um, you have to make up for that lost time because you didn't reach the goal by the certain date. This feeling of panic, this feeling of desperation, this feeling of, um, it's really, it's really ultimately, it's a feeling of panic and desperation. And for those of you that are listening that have been through this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So this feeling of panic and desperation washes over you. And let's say the vacation, we're using that example, the vacation hasn't happened yet. Let's say it's happening in like three weeks and you are like 30 pounds away from where you said you would be. Now you're feeling desperate. You're feeling um, panicked and you're just looking for something that's going to catch up all this weight that you needed to get off. So you're looking for anything. You're looking for a quick fix. You're looking for a magic solution. You're just looking for something to quote unquote catch you up to this place that you thought you would be at because you're so desperate. That is like one example of what desperate dieting looks like. This is just one example, okay? There are many, many different other examples I could give here, but we would literally be here all day recording this episode. So I think you get the point here, what desperate dieting is, where it comes from, what it feels like. And what I want you to get out of this episode is I want you to start switching your mindset out of desperation into long-term success. And long-term success in the sense of not just getting off the weight, but getting out of the guilt and the shame and the body hate shame cycle, okay? Because that stuff will eat you alive. And so we have to get out of this cycle of desperate dieting. And when you're doing the desperate dieting stuff, you feel like this ball of stress who is wound up so tightly trying to control every possible outcome, just not enjoying and living your life. You are literally like just living your life for this number, living your life for this this goal that you've set for yourself with this plan that is completely unrealistic, okay? And then you sit around and you wonder, well, I wonder why that didn't work. When you put yourself on some kind of plan that completely eliminates fruit or completely and tells you that fruit is is evil and bad, or you put yourself on these plans where you're not even allowed to have a glass of wine or a cocktail with friends, And I see this day in and day out on Instagram. And I, there's, and I'm not going to mention names, but there is a person that I follow. And I'm actually getting to the point where I don't even know why I follow this person, to be quite honest with you. Um, And she is right now doing this whole diet thing. And I'm thinking, I just want you to get help because this woman is nowhere near overweight. I I don't even see an ounce of fat on her body. Um, 
And she is completely torturing herself. She is just completely restricting herself. And it's, it's, I wish that she could see through other eyes how ridiculous it is. That there's nothing wrong with her body. There is nothing wrong with her lifestyle. And I wish that she could see how toxic this thing is that she's doing. Because it's just not, it's, it's, it's not a way to live your life. And I see it all the time. And that's why I tell you guys, like, yes, my podcast for the most part is geared towards women that have an actual weight problem, that are overweight or have been overweight most of their life. But I also have listeners who are not overweight. And I think that body shame and not loving yourself doesn't discriminate based on size. You could be 300 pounds or 100 pounds and this is an epidemic among women that we don't feel good enough. We don't feel thin enough. We don't feel pretty enough. And so when you don't feel enough of something, you will do things out of sheer desperation. You will do things because you think that is the only way to be enough, to be accepted, to be loved. And it's just, it's, it's something we have to stop doing because it's not, at that point, when you're desperate dieting, you're not living your life, you're existing. And it's just, it's a sad existence and I can speak on this because I've lived it too and I know what it feels like and I never ever want to go back to that feeling. And here's the other thing, even when you start to adopt a more irresistible you lifestyle, you could still have these pockets of, of feelings that come in where you think you should be desperate dieting. We actually had this conversation inside of my coaching group um, a few months ago or so where some of the girls were saying the same thing. And, and they, I've even had that feeling at times since I've had Javi and I just want to get this weight off. And you have this, this desperate dieting comes over you. You're like, oh my gosh, like maybe if I just do this, it'll kickstart me and I can, you know, then I'll stop doing it. And it's like, that's the mentality we have to get away from. And so the difference starts to become when you notice that you're having those thoughts versus when you are deep, and I mean deep in the yo-yo diet, body hate, shame cycle, you don't have the self-awareness to even acknowledge what you're doing, let alone to stop doing it. And so that's one of the things with Irresistible You is we really work on developing self-awareness to understand when are, we, when are we going into inner fat bitch talk? When are we beating ourselves up? When are we reaching for desperate dieting? Okay. And it's like some of these people I see on social media, I just wish they had the self-awareness to see the ridiculous things that they're doing. And how toxic that is. Because here's what also like just, oh my God, ugh, this just drives me over the edge. They post these pictures of their completely flat stomachs, okay? And they talk about their diet and how they, you know, I, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I was. It's like, no, bitch, you've never been overweight. You don't get to say that. <laughs> like, you don't get to say that. 
And then everybody in the comments is reinforcing how amazing they are. Oh, congratulations. You're going to get there. You look so good. What are you doing? Send me your diet. Send me your meal plan. And this toxic diet culture bullshit, it has to stop. It has to stop. And this is one of the reasons that I do what I do, and I will always do what I do here, and I will continue to be a voice that is anti-diet culture, that is teaching women how to love themselves outside of the scale, that is teaching women how to have a life that is not directly related to the scale, because I want to break that cycle. I want to break that cycle for a lot of people. So... That's me about to get on a tangent, and we don't have time for that because you guys know how I get. Um, But it it fires me up because you deserve so much more than that, and you deserve to live a life that is not, you know, sitting around eating a grapefruit and working out for two hours a day to punish yourself. And I know how that feels because I've done it, and it feels horrible. Horrible. It feels horrible. and I, So let me share a story with you guys, okay? Here's a great example of a desperate diet moment, okay? Because I told you, they come in different shapes and forms. So I remember um, my husband and I, we were going to go, I think we were going to Houston. This was like when we first met. That's where um, my in-laws are, his family's from. And I didn't realize the trip was like coming up so quickly, Because again, back in that time, I was in zombie eater mode. I was in denial mode. I didn't have self-awareness. And I was deep in the body, um, the yo-yo diet body hate shame cycle. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh shit, this trip is like in a couple days. And I kid you not. I kid you not. This is so ridiculous. It was like 9 or 10 o'clock at night. And I was like, I'm going to go for a run. Number one, I wasn't even working out, period at the time. And number two, I was not a runner. So I decide I'm going to go run around the neighborhood at 10 o'clock at night. And I, and I went so hard that I think I almost threw up because I, in my mind at the time out of desperation and misery, I thought, oh yeah, you're going to lose like 60 pounds in two days because this trip is coming up. And now we got to make up for lost time because you didn't do what you said you were going to do and blah, blah, blah. So that again is like that desperate diet moment. Okay. Um, And that's maybe something we'll talk about in the Facebook live as I want you guys to come into the group when we do the live. And I want you to share what are your desperate diet moments? And remember, all of this is private because it is in the private stu- or the private um, podcast community. So it's only people that are you know part of this podcast. No one on your timeline, your aunts, your uncles, your cousins, your kids, your friends, they're not going to see it. Okay. So let's share our desperate diet moments because I think there is value in hearing other people's stories because when you are in the body image that I need to come up like a quick acronym or something for this because it's like a mouthful. <laughs> Um, but when you are in the yo-yo diet, body, hate, shame cycle, (laughs) and you're deep into it, you feel like you're alone. And I know for me, for so many years, I did not think there was anyone else out there that understood. 
And, and it's because I did it in a bubble. We weren't talking about this. We didn't have social media then. We didn't have these podcasts. We didn't have these discussion groups. They weren't a thing. And so I just thought I was this like weirdo who did these things. So I think there's value in hearing other people say like what they're doing or what they've done so that you feel validated in your own journey. So make sure you do come on over on Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern time to that Facebook live. And we're going to talk all about desperate dieting. So now let's think about instead of desperate dieting, I want to share at least six things with you that you need to be doing instead. These are things that you need to be doing if you want to break the cycle, if you want to lose weight for the last time, if you want to stop attaching your self-worth to the scale, and you want to finally create a life that you love and a life that you crave. These are the things that you should be focusing on. Okay, so let's get into it. So Number one, okay, ladies, I want you to go ahead and start clutching your pearls because I know you will, because this one makes everybody clutch their damn pearls when I say it on our coaching calls. You ready? I want you to throw away your weight loss timeline. Yes, please throw away your self-inflicted weight loss timeline. Okay. I know that that is so pearl clutching because it has been embedded in you through diet culture, through society that you have to lose weight by a certain date because that's where desperate dieting comes from in the first place is I didn't lose the weight by the cruise. I didn't lose a hundred pounds by the wedding or by the reunion or whatever. And so because I didn't do that, I suck. I'm a failure. I'll always be fat. I'll always be miserable. I can't do this. Pity party, want, want, want. Okay. And we have to get into a practice of thinking about things differently. If you want to change your life, you have to change the way you think. And if you're not willing to change the way you think about things, you're not going to be able to change your life the way that you want. And one of the things you have to be willing to change is the way you think about weight loss in the first place. So number one, and this is all going to like make sense as I start stacking these on, you have to throw away the timeline. Now, When I say throw away your weight loss timeline, that doesn't mean throw away your goals. That doesn't mean that you can't have goals. You should have goals. But what we have to get away from is this, I'm so tightly like wound about, I have to lose 30 pounds by May 1st when the pool opens or I am a failure. Because the thing about the timeline You can't handle a timeline right now. You can't handle a timeline right now because of what you make it mean. Because you attach, if I don't reach this goal by this date, I am X, like fill in the blank. You are what? What what is it that you tell yourself? Let's talk about that in the Facebook Live. What are you telling yourself that you are if you don't reach this deadline? So we're throwing away the timeline because 
Here's how you break the yo-yo diet shame cycle. We stop worrying about losing 50 pounds in five months and we start adapting a concept that we're losing weight for the last time. So it doesn't matter how long it takes. It takes as long as it takes. And I know that you are just sitting there feeling uncomfortable. I know you sitting there feeling all the resistance, clutching them pearls, because you just can't even imagine doing this. But let's, let's, uh, let's, let's take a step back, okay? Er, rewind. Please explain to me how years of yo-yo dieting and desperate dieting are serving you. I'll wait. Clearly, they're not working, or quite frankly, you wouldn't be here listening to this podcast. So if that's not working, why are you so hell-bent on hanging on to it? What if you just decided and made a decision, you know what, I'm going to try something I've never tried before. If you're so willing to do a grapefruit diet and a special K diet and a subway diet and a paleo diet and a whole 30 and all this bullshit, because that's what it all is. If you're so willing to do those things, why are you not willing to think about this differently? And that's something you have to sit with and something you need to really analyze if you're sitting there really in resistance about what I'm saying. So number one, we have to throw away the self-inflicted timeline for weight loss because you have made that timeline mean I'm not worthy and I suck if I don't reach this goal. And also the second part to that, just to kind of recap, is that when we have a timeline, we're not looking at weight loss as the last time. We're looking at it as a temporary fix, which means we'll probably gain our work. We're basically telling ourselves, if you just get the weight off by vacation, who cares what happens afterwards? When you start changing your mentality around, I don't, and I don't want to just lose weight. I want to change my entire life. And the way that I'm going to change my entire life is to start changing my thoughts around food, my thoughts around myself my thoughts around how I'm doing weight loss, okay? So throw away those timelines, okay? You can still have goals, and that's okay. But for right now, we're no longer going to sit around and think, I have to lose 30 pounds in 30 days. I have to lose 30 pounds by May 1st. And I'm going to get back to that as I go through this. So just hold those thoughts, okay? So number two Another thing that you have to adapt, this is another mindset shift, is you have to acknowledge that there is no quick fix or magic diet. I know, clutch your pearls again, girl. There is no quick fix or magic diet that's going to get you to that goal in the first place. Okay. Um, Again, Sure, those like desperate diets may have gotten the weight off for your event, but then what happened afterwards? You gained the weight back. 
So if you want if you want a quick fix, if you want to lose 30 pounds in 30 days, just click off of the podcast right now. Just unsubscribe, click off the podcast, click off the video if you're watching on YouTube and go elsewhere because I'm not about that life. Okay. If you want to change your life, regardless of what the number on the scale says in your journey, then this is the place for you. So in order to do that, you have to do real work. Okay. The real work is not a grapefruit diet. The real work is not a whole 30 or a paleo diet. The real work is losing the emotional weight. The real work is having these hard conversations with yourself when you want to overeat. The real work is showing up when you don't want to show up. The real work is being seen when you'd rather hide. So we have to acknowledge there is no quick fix because the way, here's the thing. The way that you feel about yourself is not just about the weight. The way that you feel about yourself is so much bigger than the number on the scale. The way that you feel about yourself is limiting you from living a life that you really want to live. The the way that you feel about yourself is you not, how it manifests is you not showing up to play with your kids. It's you not going for the promotion. It's you not starting the business that you wanted to start. It's you not wearing the clothes that you wish you could be wearing. Because I don't care what your size is. You can wear the clothes. We're not living in the 90s or the early 2000s where the only plus size options are some ugly ass Lane Bryant clothes and what was it? Catherine's and all this other bullshit. We're not living in those days anymore. We got plus size fashionable clothes all over the internet. Okay. So it's you and how you feel about yourself. It's you and how you're allowing the weight to control your life. So no diet and no pill, nothing will fix that unless you are willing to do the work of losing the emotional weight. Okay. And here's another thing I want you to really, really think about as it relates to this. If you have a lifelong journey struggle with your weight, with how you feel about yourself, your confidence, your body image, your self-esteem, what makes you think that just because you decide to go on a diet, you decide to go on a weight loss journey, that all of those things that you've been doing for the last 20, 30 plus years are going to magically stop because your diet started today. Really think about that. How badly you treat yourself, even when you're losing weight in a healthy way. So let me explain what I mean here. So when you start eating better, let's not even talk about bullshit diets. Let's say you're starting to eat cleaner. You're starting to eat in moderation. You're starting to eat healthy and you're on this journey. Okay. And then you have a stressful day. And because you have a stressful day, you emotionally eat and you overeat for the day. And then what do you do? 
You beat yourself up. You tell yourself you're a worthless piece of shit. You tell yourself, see, I told you you can't do it. And you go through all the inner fat bitch talk. Okay. And you're like, I told myself this was the last time. I would never do this again. I will never restart my diet. I will never overeat again. Couple things here. Number one, this goes back to if you've been doing this, and this means overeating, emotional eating, struggling with weight, struggling with how you speak to yourself, if you've been doing all of that for a lifetime, it's not going to magically go away because you decided today, I'm going to eat better. Because you decided today, I'm going to start walking every day. You are literally going to need to learn how to reprogram your brain from a lifetime of beating yourself up, from a lifetime of desperate dieting. So you have to get out of the mindset of I'm starting over. There is no more starting and stopping because that's another thing out of desperate dieting is like, well, I blew it. I went out to eat and oh my God, I was a human being and I had some drinks and I had an appetizer. Oh my God, I I just blew it. I'm a horrible person. No, you're called a human being that went out and had a good time. And because you do that, you tell yourself, oh, I can't do this. I'll start over again tomorrow. I'll start over again on Monday. There is no more starting and stopping. Because when you decide to throw the timeline away, this is now a journey, and a journey has bumps in the road. There is no more starting and stopping. It's now an opportunity to have a conversation with yourself about how could I do this better next time? So, again, Stop expecting a lifetime of habits to go away because you made the decision to go on a diet, because you made a decision to eat better. And understand that a true weight loss journey will have bumps in the road. A true weight loss journey will have so many different opportunities for you to learn how to talk differently to yourself. It will have so many opportunities for you to overeat and learn how to do it differently next time. That becomes the difference. Because when you're desperate dieting, and you're in that yo-yo diet cycle, you're expecting perfection. You're expecting that because you went on this diet, because you started Monday, because you started on the first of the month, or the first of the year, if you have a bad day at any point, you're now a failure. And that is not okay. That is toxic ass behavior. T-A-B, tab, toxic ass behavior. Write that down because that's about to be a new term on the podcast, tab. You are doing some toxic ass behavior and it has to go. It has got to stop. So there is no quick fix. There is no magic diet because we are working on ourselves. We are working on our thoughts. We are working on our emotional weight. And that is so much bigger, so much more important, so much like it's just so much bigger and broader than I'm on a weight, I'm on a diet. I'm on a diet and I can't eat bananas cuz bananas are bad. Like I can't have grapes. Get out of here with that stuff. Come on. <sighs> 
Okay. I'm getting hot. <laughs> I'm getting hot, y'all. It's hot. Um, I get fired up and I start getting really hot in here talking about all this stuff. Number three. Three, three, three. So number three. All right, so number one, we're throwing away the self-inflicted weight loss timeline. Number two, we're acknowledging that there is no quick fix, okay? Because we have a lifetime of behavior that we are working on. And we cannot expect that to just magically go away on day one of a diet. Number three, there is no final destination. That's another mindset shift that is going to, again, have you clutching your pearls because diet culture has told you, oh, no, you will have this magical before and after story. And everything that happens after will be amazing. Everything that happens after the goal weight, oh, man, that's like you're going to be living it up. Hmm. Again, you're being sold a bullshit false narrative because there is no before and after story. There was then and there is now. And I think, I don't even know if I've done an episode on that, but if I haven't, I will. Um, A whole episode around the toxicity around before and after stories. Because that infomercial, right? That infomercial that's on at three o'clock in the morning and they're like, yeah, I was fat and miserable. And I, they show like this, not only is the person overweight, but they're always like sad and they look pathetic and they're just like so sad looking. And then the after they're like smiling and they're running in the sand and That has sold people on the idea that once I get to my goal weight, I'm done. Once I get to my goal weight, life will never be hard for me because life, because in diet culture, oh no, life is only hard if you're fat. Life is only hard when you're overweight. So magically in your brain, you have connected the dots that, oh, well, if I'm thin and I lose weight... I won't be anxious anymore. I won't be depressed anymore. I won't hate my job anymore. I won't fight with my husband anymore. I won't like feel bad about myself ever again. And so what happens? For those of you that have gotten to your goal weight in the past, what happens? It's a cold slap of reality when real life kicks in. And so then so often the cycle starts again. Because you don't have the tools and the resources to know how to cope with your emotions. And because you don't have those tools, you go back to the food. Because that's all you know how to do. Because this diet that you did never taught you how to handle your emotions. It never taught you how to think differently. And I say it, and I say it all the time. One of the biggest skills in life that you can learn is how to manage your damn emotions. And we're not taught that. We're not taught that in school. A lot of us are not taught that at home. We're taught to just ignore what's going on and keep on chugging. And that doesn't work. So there is no final destination. And I don't say that to be like doom and gloom and negative and all this stuff, but it's like... (sighs) If you have a final destination in your own development and you don't plan on working on yourself anymore, then you might as well consider yourself dead 
because your growth has died. So, so even when you get to your goal weight, you're not done because now you're in maintenance and, and you don't get to your goal weight and then go, well, I guess I'll go back to eating all the shit that I used to eat because now I'm skinny. It's like, no, you have to continue doing what you did to get there. Plus, you're going to have other stuff that comes up now. Because now that you, you know, you get the weight off, what happens? Your brain hasn't caught up to your body. So in your head, you're still the fat girl. You've got the inner fat girl, like, it's like the inner fat girl um, dilemma where you still think like an overweight person. And then you see a picture and you're like, oh, that's what I look like? I thought I was so big. Or you still automatically go to the plus size section. Or you still automatically don't look for certain types of clothes because you don't think you're allowed to wear them. Because you didn't do that work on the way down. Or for those of you that have had weight loss surgery... And I have people in my coaching program that have had weight loss surgery. They've had loose skin surgery and they still ended up working with me because they had these surgeries that they thought they thought it was going to fix them and it didn't. It physically got the weight off and helped with that. But the feelings, the emotional weight, the inner fat girl stuff, it's still there. So there is no final destination. We're just in a continuous loop of growing and developing. So I think this kind of ties into throwing away the timeline for you to understand this is not a race to get the weight off as quickly as possible. This is the rest of your life. This is your life, okay? This is your life, and I need you to take it seriously. This is your actual life. And the weight is one little component of it. It's just one component of of everything else that's going on. And just because you get weight off doesn't mean you never have another bad thought about yourself. Of course you're going to have bad thoughts about yourself the rest of your life. You're going to have days where you look in the mirror and do not like what you see. So that's why you have to, you have to, you have to like get these skills in your tool belt on how to talk better to yourself, on how to think differently. Because your body, even though you lose weight, your body's still going to go through changes the rest of your life. There's this other thing that happens in life, and it's called aging. And so then you're going to have all kinds of bullshit around aging because you didn't learn how to love yourself no matter what. You didn't learn how to have conversations with yourself when you don't like what you see in the mirror. So stop thinking that you have failed. Like this happens all the time. Like you lose your weight and then you look in the mirror one day and you don't like what you see and you think that you have failed. You haven't failed. You just haven't learned how to talk differently, how to think differently, how to lose the emotional weight. You haven't learned how to have a relationship with you. You know, think about the relationships in your life, be it your children or your, your, your husband, your wife, okay? Do you like them all the time? No. <laughs> I love my husband. I love my children. There are moments 
in pockets of time in the day where I don't like what they do. But that doesn't mean I've stopped loving them. I may not like a certain behavior. I may not like a certain sound. (laughs) I may not like a way that they do certain things. But I fundamentally love and adore them still, unconditionally. And that's where you have to get with yourself, is that you have to unconditionally love yourself even when you overeat. Even when you don't think you look amazing. Even when you want to beat yourself up. It's okay to have bad thoughts. It's okay to not like what you see in the mirror. It's okay to overeat. You're human. But that's, that is... All of this is part of the process of getting yourself out of desperate dieting culture mind. Because diet culture has taught you, it's like, oh my God, if I have an X or a red mark on my calendar because I didn't work out, I'm now like this shit person. It's like, no, it's called being a human. It's called you're not perfect. And you need to tell your, (laughs) you need to tell your ego to take a backseat. You need to tell your ego to slow its roll because your ego is the one driving all this stuff. Because I hate to break it to you, you're not perfect, and you're never going to be perfect. There is no amount of weight loss that will make you a perfect human being. Period. So, you know, it just takes so much pressure off when you acknowledge the fact that, okay, this is a journey, and I'm going to have F-ups, And I'm going to have days where I slide backwards and I'm going to have negative thoughts and I'm going to not feel good about myself all the time. I'm not going to want to do this all the time. And that is okay. And it's like, I don't know. It's like, that's the magic, guys, is when you acknowledge that this is how it's supposed to be and that I have to rewire my brain for all the toxic shit that diet culture has taught me to believe about myself. And I get to decide to do things differently. I get to decide to break this cycle because I want to. All right, so number four, something that you need to start doing to get out of desperate dieting is you need to focus on consistency. Stop focusing on perfection. Instead, I want you focused on consistency. And when I say focus on consistency, this is where we're going to start focusing on the behaviors and not the goal. So this, again, all connects back to throwing away that timeline. So let me give you an example of something that I'm doing right now as I'm going through my postpartum weight loss journey. So I know that I need more activity in my life. I need to move my body more. I need to be burning. Like I need to get into like that cardio to start kind of building, like burning more fat. But I'm a very busy person right now. And I'm also energetically spent. So it's kind of like, you know, they say like I have, you may have time, but you don't have the energy necessarily. So where I'm at right now, I am running low on both of those things. 
Okay. And, you know, the old me would say, okay, like, let's get into desperate dieting. You have got to get in 10,000 steps a day off the jump. Now, and, and we can work up to 10,000. Let me explain something. Throughout my pregnancy, I did not work out consistently. Um, and then after I had the baby, after I had Javi, I had a really hard postpartum period. There's a whole episode around that. Those of you that have been with me for a long time, you already know what I'm talking about. I had a life-threatening condition. I was put back in the hospital twice after I had him. It was a very hard time, okay? So when I finally was ready to get back into my weight loss, my body felt like I was starting from ground zero, I never in my life remember feeling so weak, so um, stiff. Everything just hurt. Like everything hurt. It hurt to turn to the side. It hurt to bend down. It hurt. Just everything felt hard. Okay. So if I would have said to myself, I can't believe you gained all this weight from the baby. I can't believe it's taken you almost four months to get back in the swing of things. You know what? You fat bitch, you better start you be, you better start walking 10,000 steps a day. That is desperate diet mind, uh, mindset. Desperate dieting would have told me to do that. The old version of me before I started doing my irresistible you framework would have told me to do those things. Out of desperation and disgust. But instead, I can see myself of like, look, yeah, you gained 60 pounds and that's what your body had to do and you had a really hard postpartum period and it's okay. And we're going to give ourselves some grace and some forgiveness that sometimes life is just hard. Sometimes life is just hard. But just because life is hard doesn't mean we get a pass at creating what we want for ourselves. And so I told myself, as of March 1st, I started on March 1st, we got to start moving our body consistently. Because I wasn't, I still wasn't working out and walking consistently. And so I told myself, we're going to start doing this consistently. And we're going to set a goal that is achievable, that is a little bit more than we're doing on a normal basis, that's going to give us a little extra, mm, but it's not so much that it's going to feel like shit doing it. Does that make sense? So what I decided to do is that every single day in March for 31 days, I will put in 6,000 steps a day. Okay. Because right now, 10,000, that would all, so here's the thing. If I were to tell myself 10,000 steps a day, I'm going to set myself up to fail because it already feels hard. It already feels unachievable because it probably is right now with given my, where my energy levels are, where my, um, my time is between the business, between my two children, between just trying to have a life <laughs> and getting back in the game when I feel like I was starting from scratch. But it's not about how many calories am I going to burn? How much weight will this let me lose? How much can I, like, it, it's not about that. That is not why I set the goal. I set the goal because you have to have consistency 
if you want to stop desperate dieting and you want to actually like lose weight for the last time. You have to build consistency in yourself. And here's one of the reasons why. It's not about the weight loss. It's not about how many calories. It's not about any of that stuff. What it's about is about you proving to yourself that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. Because when you have been in the yo-yo diet, body hate, shame cycle for so long, here's what you've gotten really good at. You've gotten really good at letting yourself down. You've gotten really good at proving to yourself that you can't be consistent. And when you have consistently been inconsistent, and, you're, and let's just be very clear, you're inconsistent because you're choosing things that are not realistic in real life. Okay. Um, and so when you've done that for so long, it's almost like you broke your spirit. It's like you broke your spirit in yourself to the point where you just don't believe you can do this anymore. Because you don't trust yourself. Because you're so sick of your own bullshit lies. You're so sick and tired of telling yourself you're going to start over on Monday. You're so sick and tired of losing the same 50 pounds over and over and over again. Because you're doing things out of desperation instead of taking your time And getting to know yourself and using the overeats and the negative behaviors as ways to learn about who you are and how you can change it. Because you're so wrapped up in that ball of nerves and desperation that you're in denial when things aren't working out. You're in denial about how bad stuff really is. Because you don't want to deal with it. You don't, want, you don't want to deal with what's really going on. And if you would just let yourself unravel from that ball of control and nerves for a little bit. And say, okay, let's take a real inventory of what's going on in my life. How am I showing up? How am I being consistent? What is it that I want? Why am I choosing these diets? How do I want to change my life? Because continuing on this yo-yo diet, body hate, shame cycle, it is not a way to live. I speak from experience. It is not a way to live. It is absolutely miserable is what it is. So consistency is what you need in your life. And we're not going and getting consistency from the grapefruit diet or some other bullshit fad diet. Or the skinny fitness model on Instagram's detox tea that she's selling you. That's not where we're getting consistency. We're going to build consistency in ourselves by setting an achievable goal. And then we get to do something else. This is number five. We get to show up. We get to show up for ourselves. You have to now show up. You don't get to zone out. You don't get to tell yourself, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'm tired. Well, I'll start over on Monday. Because every time you do that, once you've set this goal for consistency, you're 
chipping away at your trust. You are chipping away. Get like a little, a little like, um, I don't know what you call it. Like the people that like look for diamonds. <laughs> I don't know what those things are called. You're chipping away at your confidence. You're chipping away at your trust. And what does that do? It completely dissolves your self-esteem, your self-worth, and your self-love because you don't have belief and trust in yourself. And the number one way to build your confidence is to do what you say you're going to do. Think about it. When you do what you say you're going to do, it starts to boost. Like imagine your confidence is like a little, um, it's like your phone, like the phone battery, and your percentage just starts going up every day. And so that's what I decided to do is like I have got to just get back in the game and start being consistent and showing up. Even if I'm not doing anything else, you know, the way I want to be doing it, I'm going to stick to this because this is going to prove to myself that I can be consistent and show up. And especially when I don't want to do it. And I've been putting all of this on my Instagram stories. So um, make sure you're following me. I am at Irresistible Icing. And every day I've been sharing about my journey with the 6K a day. And there was a time last week where... So for me right now, the, the main time that I'm able to get in my workouts, my walking, is at night, about 10 o'clock at night. And I go out to the garage. We have a treadmill. And if it's a nice day, which we've had really cold weather, so I haven't been getting outdoors, but like this week, it's going to be in the 70s. So I'll probably end up getting in all of my steps and more because we'll be outside, like me and the kids and, and Chewy. So I have been working out at 10 o'clock at night because it's the only time that I have. Because my husband works nights. I work in the daytime. I work like in the morning up until one or two. Then he goes to work. He doesn't get home till almost midnight. So once he goes to work, I'm on full-time mom mode. And having a four-year-old and a four-month-old is lovely, but they are energetically draining. I mean, that's just, it is what it is. It is what it is. It's, it's hard. And um, by the time I do dinner, bath, bedtime routine, get both of them to sleep, I'm spent. <laughs> I am spent. I am tired. I am drained. And what I had been doing for the first couple months with Javi is once I get him to sleep, I just kind of lay in my own bed while he's in his, um, his, his portable bassinet thing in my room and I just kind of lay there and like play on the phone. And I'm sick and tired of doing that. I, I want more for myself. So while in the moment, and so there was this point last week where I was so tired. I had gotten no sleep the night before. So for those of you that have children or babies, um, Javi just turned four months. And this is real. This four month sleep regression is no joke. Where he was sleeping really well, maybe he wakes up once, put him down at eight, he might wake up at one for a quick feeding, and then again at five or six, he was doing great. Sometimes he would sleep all the way through the night. So he's been a really good sleeper up until this point. And I didn't get any sleep the night before. I was so tired. I was so spent. And then spending the whole afternoon, like, taking care of the kids, I was just done. 
But I was like, no, you made a commitment to yourself. And if you don't do this, that percentage of your trust that we're talking about, like a phone, your percentage is going to go down. And then it makes it easier the next day to say, F it, I don't want to do this. So got my shoes on, went out to the garage, got the baby monitor, got my phone, and I did it. And because I set a goal of, of doing 6K a day, it's achievable without feeling like I'm dying. Because again, it's not about how much weight will this burn? How much, how many calories am I going to burn? It's about, let's just build our trust and our confidence back to be consistent. So you have to have consistency and then you have to show up for yourself. And showing up for yourself means, here's the other thing about it. Your present self that's tired, that's been taking care of kids all day, that's been working all day, your present self will never want to do it. So stop acting like you have to find motivation. I am so sick of hearing people say that. If I could just find my motivation, I could get back to it. No, it's called discipline and it's called showing up. Because motivation ebbs and flows, right? It just ebbs and flows. It is not intended to be this long-lasting thing that we just always have. And then if we, like, if we had to have motivation to go to work every day, you wouldn't have a job. Because we're not going to feel motivated to do things every single day. We have to do things because we want to, we want more for ourselves. So your current self that's tired, stressed out, pissed off, hungry, is not going to want to go out and put the shoes on and work out. So you have to think about your future self. What does your future self want? Where do you want to be in three to six months? How do you want to feel tomorrow when you wake up? Think about that first. If I don't go out to the gym and get my steps in like I promised myself I would do every day this month, how will I feel about myself tomorrow? Not so good. Not so good. So you have to do it for your future self, whether that future self is tomorrow, next week, or next month. How do you want to feel? Okay, that's showing up. All right? All right, number six. So we are almost through our entire list here. The number six thing that you have to start doing to quit the desperate dieting is self-care. And let me explain what I mean here. There's a lot of components, a lot of layers of self-care. And while self-care can be a massage, and that's lovely and that's beautiful, it's not just a massage. It's also having the hard conversation with yourself when you don't want to go do the thing you promised yourself you would do. And that was something I had to do last week is like going out to the gym by myself to have some time alone to focus on working on me. That's also self-care. You know what? Even though it's 10 o'clock at night and I'm in the garage and it's cold and I'm on the treadmill that's self-care. That's the not-so-glamorous side of self-care. Because in order to become the woman that I want to be, to get to where I want to go, this is the work that has to be done. And it doesn't always look like a glamorous day at the spa. And that's something I want you to embrace. Now, 
going and getting massages, getting your hair done, getting your nails done, I encourage all of that. Because that stuff, while it's part of self-care, it's going to make you feel so much better about yourself. What I don't want you doing is I don't want you holding self-care hostage for a goal weight. And that is what diet culture has trained you to do. It's like, well, you're not allowed to get a massage. You're not allowed to buy new clothes. You're not allowed to go do your hair until you lose the weight. And it goes back to why I believe before and after stories are very toxic. Because in the after, the person has their hair done, their makeup's on, their nails are done. And the before, they're just sad, they're pitiful, they're pathetic, they just look like they rolled out of bed. You have to train yourself now, no matter what size you are, that you are worthy and deserving of self-care from yourself, no matter where you are on the scale. Because if you're throwing out desperate dieting and we're throwing away the timelines, I don't want you waiting for the wait. That is a waste of your time. You are literally wasting your life away waiting for the wait. So, you know, should you go out and buy an entire new wardrobe when you know you're going to be losing weight? No. Should you go out and buy a couple of key pieces that are going to make you feel really good now? Yes. Yes, because here's the thing. You're not living your life 50 pounds from now. You're living your life right now. So I want you to take care of yourself at the size you are now. And again, let me tell you, this takes off so much pressure. It takes away so much pressure when you... Give yourself the permission to look and feel good at this size. And I did that recently too. So I'm at this really strange place in my postpartum weight loss journey where my um, my pre-pregnancy jeans, girl, they don't fit right now, okay? We're not, even, we're not even about to get in those right now. But my maternity pants are literally falling off me. When I put them on, they start falling down. So I was like, okay, I'm really done wearing leggings. <laughs> I can't wear any more black leggings right now. Um, Plus, it's about to start getting hot, okay, warm. And I was like, I need a new pair of pants, a new pair of jeans, because I love to wear jeans. So I bit the bullet. And, um, you know, I am normally a size, we're transparent here, right? I'm normally a size, like, um, 14 before I got pregnant. And right now, I bought a pair of jeans that's a size 18, So it's two sizes bigger than what I normally would wear. But here's the thing. There is no shame in going up a size or two or three or however many you need to go up. There is no shame in that because here's what happened. I am sitting here wearing a pair of jeans that fits my body today, that looks good on my body today, that makes me feel confident, that makes me feel like a human being again. Because sitting around, I mean, I love me some leggings, but it's like, I can't wear leggings every day. I start not feeling so human. (laughs) Um, And so I feel really good. And here's the thing with the size. Because I could sit here and go, oh my God, a size 18. I haven't been a size 18 and like, 
I don't even know the last time I was ever a size 18. It's been a long time. It's been a long time, okay? And I could sit here and beat myself up and call myself names and blah, blah, blah. But here's the deal. What is that going to accomplish? What does that accomplish? It accomplishes nothing. So I don't really give a shit about the size right now because here's the other side to it. Remember how I said this is a journey, right? This is a temporary stop in my journey. Because as long as I'm putting in the work, as long as I'm staying consistent, as long as I'm showing up, I know the weight will follow. And I'm not worried about when it's going to follow because it will follow. And then eventually, these jeans are going to be loose and we're going to be packing them up in the donate box. So if you don't feel good in your skin because you've gained weight, that's one thing. And that feels awful. And, I'm, and I hear you and I'm with you, okay? But to then punish yourself by not wearing clothes that fit you, by not wearing clothes that flatter the body you're in now, that adds an additional layer of suffering that is actually optional because you can't rip the pounds and the weight in the stomach off today. Okay. We, it just doesn't work that way. And even if you're, you know, you're eating right, you're exercising, this weight isn't coming off like quickly. It's not going to come off in a few weeks. It's not going to come off this month, probably in the amount that you need to like change sizes. Okay. So, why not take away some of that unnecessary suffering and go and buy the clothes that fit you now? Why are you so ashamed of it? It's not defeat. And I think that's what a lot of you think is like, well, if I buy the bigger size, then that means I'm not going to be motivated to lose weight. I don't know about you, but I don't feel really motivated to lose weight or live a happy life if I'm sitting around hating what I look like in the mirror because of the clothes I'm wearing. How about if you change your mindset that if you wore clothes that fit you now, it would give you this little boost of confidence that's going to make you want to be consistent, that's going to make you want to show up for yourself. Because when I get up in the morning and I don't do my makeup and I kind of roll out of bed, guess what the rest of my day looks like? It looks pretty shitty. Because you're setting the vibe. You're setting the energy for the day. When I wake up in the morning, I get dressed. I put my makeup on. I put my jewelry on. I put my outfit on. I wear jeans. I feel much better, more confident. I go out and I attack and tackle the day. Okay? So self-care is so important. It is so necessary. And it is not something you hold hostage for goal weight. It is something that if you want to get to goal weight, you have to start doing. And even yesterday, um, so my husband had bought me a voucher for a massage uh, for Christmas, and it was actually getting ready to expire. I was like, oh, I better go use this. And I haven't had an actual, like, um, it's like a foot massage reflexology place that I go to, and it's amazing. And I had not been there since a year ago, since, you know, this whole, you know what happened a year ago. <laughs> and I had not been there in a year. And so I went, and it was just, 
It was amazing. And so many of you are going to hold back from doing something like a massage because you're uncomfortable in your body, because you don't like the weight that you've gained. But what if you just started and decided to start treating yourself good, no matter what size you are, so that by the time you get to your goal weight, that's just like icing on the cake. And you feel worthy and deserving no matter what size you are. So let's just recap what we talked about. Today we talked about the concept of desperate dieting and what desperate dieting is. And that instead of desperate dieting, we have to get into um, a cycle of doing these other six things that I talked about. So let's just recap what those six things are that you need to start doing instead. Number one is I want you to throw away your self-inflicted timeline for weight loss. Number two, I want you to acknowledge there is no quick fix and no magic diet because you are changing a lifetime of habits. They are not going to just change because you decide you're on a diet. Number three is to acknowledge there's no final destination. There's no magic ending where you get to stop doing all the things that you're doing now. Number four is to focus on consistency. What kind of goals can you set for yourself so that you can be consistent? And number five is how to show up for yourself. How are you going to start showing up for yourself so that you can build trust and confidence in you again? And number six is practicing self-care. Now, not when you get to your goal weight, not 50 pounds from now, but today. How can you start practicing self-care? Those are the six things. So again, we are going to dive deeper into these topics. So get your questions, get your comments, get anything that you want to ask me live about this topic because tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern, that is Tuesday, March 9th, we are going to go live inside of the Irresistible You podcast group on Facebook. And that is your opportunity. It's kind of like the after show of the podcast. So you listen to the podcast, you take your notes, you let it all digest. And then I want you to come up with your questions. I want you to come in there and let's discuss what you've learned here today. Let's break these concepts down. Let's get you the answers that you need. And let's talk about it some more. So tomorrow, Tuesday, March 9th, 11 a.m. Eastern, we will be going live inside of the free Facebook group. So if you are not a member, you need to get exclusive access. It is free to join. Make sure that you go and do that. The link is in the show notes, or you can search Irresistible You on Facebook in the groups column. All right, guys, I think that is it. Again, if this has been helpful, please head over to Apple Podcast and leave me a rating and review. That is the number one way that you can support this podcast to make sure that we keep putting out good content, to make sure that we find other women that need to hear this message. Thank you so much for listening. Until the next time, stay irresistible. Bye, guys.